I've already asked you, are you ready for Christmas? So now I'll ask you another question about Christmas. What are you doing for Christmas? That's one we hear a lot. And you've asked that question too. What are you doing for Christmas? Um, most years, what does that question mean? Where are you traveling? How big of a group are you hosting? How large of a party will you be joining? Will you be preparing this big meal or will you be enjoying a big meal? How extended of family is your gathering going to be? But this year, the question's a little bit different, right? What are you doing for Christmas? Really comes down to, are you gonna be with anybody at Christmas? Christmas and family and friends they go together and then if we don't have as many family and as many friends at Christmas in person as we normally would have or as we would like, well then that's just another hardship. That's just another challenge in what has been a very challenging year. Sometimes the most obvious points in a worship service like this are the most important points. And so allow me to make an obvious point about who will or will not be sitting at your table this Christmas. The Lord Jesus Christ does not have to abide by a stay-at-home order. He doesn't have to shelter in place. There is no travel ban on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to be with you this Christmas. And I think we can agree that that's the most important guest to have at Christmas. The prophet Isaiah was he, he was inspired to write very beautifully in chapter 61 um, about this very thing, about how beautifully Jesus is with us and what that means for our Christmas. And, and I hope that we take these words to heart and that we are comforted by the fact that Jesus truly is present with us at Christmas. And then uh, there's this. He's actually, his presence is actually the meaning and the, and the power and the significance behind all of the traditions of Christmas that we love so much. So while uh, TV networks and entertainment platforms are encouraging us to, um, you know, have a holly dolly Christmas or, you know, go 
to, to, to celebrate Christmas with this entertainer or that singer or this orchestra. And, and it's great to spend a little time doing that. Isaiah makes us a much better offer. What Isaiah does is he says, how about this year spend the holidays with Jesus? And when you do, you will enjoy the greatest Christmas gift exchange you've ever had. And you just might actually become a Christmas tree. It occurs to me that I haven't read Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. So let me do that for you, and you can follow along if you'd like. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of of his splendor. If you're thinking Isaiah 61 has got to be near the end of Isaiah, you're right. And in the closing chapters of Isaiah, there's this person who speaks to us called the servant of the Lord. And the more you listen to him talk, the more it dawns on you, this has to be Jesus Christ. Because what he's describing, the things that he says he's going to do, are only done by Christ. And if you're thinking, well, that's kind of arbitrary, just saying, the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 61 is Jesus. Actually, 700 years after this was written, Jesus picked up this, this, this chapter, this scroll in a, in a Nazareth synagogue, and he read it. He read the very verses that we just read, and he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, this is about me. He was claiming to be the servant of the Lord in Isaiah 61. And so what we have then is Jesus, 700 years before he comes into the world at Bethlehem, talking about what he's going to do when he comes into the world at Bethlehem. And everything that he says, 
at least in what we just heard, is, is by manner of, uh, the good news is by manner of exchange. So he's always talking about how he's going to take something we have and give us something in exchange. For instance, if you've got a broken heart, I'll bind it up, says the servant of the Lord, Jesus. If you're a captive or a prisoner, I'll take that and I'll give you freedom. Uh, do you have ashes of mourning on you? I'll take it and I'll give you the oil of gladness. Are you feeling a spirit of despair? I'll take that too. And I'll give you garments of praise to wear. So everything's an exchange. I'll take your burden and I'll give you my blessing. Now, there is a chance that you can be thinking right now, I don't know if I need all of that because, you know, some of this stuff I have never suffered from. Like I've, uh, what, what do you mean? I, I've never been, uh, I've, I've never been a captive. Never been a prisoner in that way. Well, actually you have, and so have I. Because the Bible is really clear about each one of us being captive to our own sin. And every time we break God's will, it's like another iron bar, right? In this, in, in this prison that we, kind, that we build for ourselves. And, and then God's perfect law, the Ten Commandments, they, they just, they, they, they call down on us the verdict, you're guilty. And the punishment for that is not a slap on the wrist. The punishment is eternal captivity in hell. And so there we sit. Each one of us on, in death row, you might say, and, Eternal death is sort of on the line here. And here comes the servant of the Lord. And he came into our world at Bethlehem. And the, and the babe of Bethlehem grew up to be the man of the cross. And when he went to the cross, he said, I'll take that sin. I have an exchange for you. The Holy One, the Savior, who took on flesh at Bethlehem, gave his body so that we might be freed. That's the exchange. One of my favorite Christmas hymns led all together Praise our God, even puts it that way. It goes like this. He serves, talking about Jesus, he serves that I, a Lord, may be a great exchange indeed.
Could Jesus' love do more for me to help me in my need? Luther put it this way in a prayer. Lord Jesus, I am your sin. You are my righteousness. I have made you what you were not. And you have made me what I was not. See, that's the, the great gift exchange we get through the first Christmas. Have you ever been anxious about a gift exchange? Uh, I, this is where we adults really do not do a very good job compared to children. So just thinking about Christmas and receiving gifts at, at, at Christmas. Now, I, I get that, you know, children have their own sort of anxiety before the weeks before Christmas. And there may be a little bit of bouncing off the walls as they're thinking about, you know, what they hope to get and things like that. But generally speaking, what is it? What does a little child do when they get a gift? They we hope they say thank you, and then they just enjoy it, and and, and they're not thinking about how much it cost, and and they're not thinking about whether they gave a gift commensurate with the amount of money that was spent on them to like make it even, but we kind of do that. We adults, we kind of do that. You know, how many times have you, uh, maybe you've opened a gift from your significant other and you're, you know, you're opening it and you're smiling and you're enjoying it and you like it and you're smiling, but on the inside you're like, hey, I didn't spend that much on him. Or, you know, I spent a lot more than this. It's almost like we as adults, we take the concept of gift and try to make it fair. The gift exchange that you receive from the Lord Jesus Christ is the most beautifully divine, unfair thing in the history of the universe. That exchange, he for us, his righteousness for our sin, his death for our life. That is what saves us. And it is the reason behind all of the gifts that we share with everybody else. So I say this Christmas, just enjoy the exchange you have already received and then give a gift in joy, receive a gift in joy. Knowing this, the great gift exchange of the, uh, of the Christ child is your salvation.
Christmas would, uh, it would really be uh, a weird Christmas if there weren't at least some gift exchange. It would also be a weird Christmas if there were not a Christmas tree. And um, in a certain way, Isaiah speaks of Christmas trees in, in Isaiah chapter 61. Uh, not in the way we're used to. Uh, we, we think of uh, putting a Christmas tree up and decorating the tree and enjoying the tree. But when you actually spend Christmas with Christ, that is, you focus on Christ, you get to become the tree. Now, if you're thinking I'm getting a little wacky here by saying we're going to become a tree, uh, if you think I'm going all uh, Barbara Walters, some of us are old enough to remember Barbara Walters and her interviewing style. And one of her favorite questions, uh, a question uh, that actually caused Johnny Carson to, to like never want to be interviewed by Barbara Walters was this, if you were a tree, what kind of a tree would you be? Well, I, I really am trying to be textual here when I say that this word of God actually says that we become trees. They, this is what Jesus says, the servant of the Lord, about you and me. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Hmm. Oaks of righteousness. Because of what Christ has done for us, we stand strong like an oak. Before, even before our holy God. How can that be? Because we're oaks of righteousness. Not our own righteousness, but what the Lord Jesus came into our world to give us. And then we display his splendor. That kind of, you know, just like there's lights and chrismans and ornaments and garland and ribbon and tinsel on a tree, and it, it shows off, it, it, it displays the, the splendor of a Christmas tree, so we, being oaks of God's righteousness, we actually get to display splendor, his splendor, to the world around us. Think of how you do that. Every time you love your neighbor as yourself, every time you reach out to help somebody in the way that they need to be helped, Every time you put someone else's needs before your own. Every time you invite someone to worship your God. And think of the opportunities we have for that around Christmas. Every time you, you just get on the phone 
and you call somebody up because you know they haven't had a chance to visit with anybody for a long time. What are you doing? You are reflecting the light of the world. You are being, you're displaying the Lord's splendor. You're showing the world, I have a God who is gracious and he is good and he is kind and he is loving. And what my Savior has done for me in showing me and being my light, I'm just trying to reflect that in your life. This is a different Christmas this year. I mean, there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I, I, for the last, I tried to do the math on this uh, earlier today. I think it's the last 23 years for my family, we have done the same thing. We have gone to worship and then we have gone to Watertown. And in Watertown, we see my wife's parents and we enjoy a delicious ham dinner. And it is a ham that is double smoked in the way that only fence meat market on 4th Street in Watertown can double smoke. This year, we're still gonna have the ham. But there will be no trip over the river and through the woods to grandma's house. And there will be no dinner with mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, great grandpa, great grandma. And every one of you has a similar story for this year. And to say that there's not some sadness there is just to be dishonest. But this too is the honest truth. No matter who you are with this Christmas, no matter where you are, you'll be in just the right place and you will be with just the right person because Jesus will be with you. You're going to spend the holiday with Jesus. And because that is the case, because you get to center your celebration on the Lord Jesus Christ, I hope it's the best Christmas ever. Amen. Lord bless you. This message was a production of St. Marcus Lutheran Church. For similar content, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or our YouTube channel. For more information about how to support our urban gospel ministry in Milwaukee, please visit stmarcus.org.